is that your fault and is that my fault that I write? I would never become before you in the position of a complainant for doing something that I must do. Once again, this is Arden Franklin here, your host of the Writers Podcast, where the writers come together and just speak, share our stories, talk about what's happening in this beautiful field of ours that sometimes people like to get into, sometimes people like to scall at, but we're here with it. We dedicated to it. So I appreciate everybody listening to this wherever you may be listening to on the DSPs. Uh, Our first guest Mm. for this show, for this series this is somebody that, man, I got to say, I've known this dude for a while now. When I say yeah. a while, we going on nearly 10 years, buddy. There's yeah. no denying that. Uh, we at the point where we could go back to remember the days where Twitter used to be this or Twitter used to be that. Like, we, we go all the way back there. And this is somebody who I've seen just have an incredible progression with their career from just being the sports writer guy to – and an all-around content creator, excuse me, an all-around award-winning content <laughs> creator. You know, I can't forget that. You know, and again, he still writes from time to time and does his thing in that arena, but I've seen him do his thing in podcasting via It Ain't Hard to Tell with the various docu-series and documentaries that he's been put out that I've seen get nominated for awards and played at festivals. And this is somebody that, you know, man, I, I'm so happy that he does what he does because as, as a fellow independent, as a fellow all-around content creator, to see one of my own, one of my my peers do it that way, it lets me know, like, I'm on the right path and I need to keep going, too. So, got my brother, Brian Fonseca, in the building. What's up? That's one of the best intros I've probably had ever. <laughs> I appreciate it, <laughs> I say, man. I say that years. much. That's yeah, yeah. No, it's true because we we followed each other on Twitter for a while, and then we met at some point down the line. But no, it's very true. Uh, you've obviously been doing a lot of great things as well because, like, I remember when you were just doing Tumblr, and now yeah. it's like you know, writing is all over the place. Podcast is growing, getting more attention in the hip hop space, especially. So yeah, yeah, man. I like the, like this is what we do. You know what I'm saying? And it's true what you said. Like I started off as a writer. That was my main focus, and that was branched off into other things where I barely ever write anymore. Except people mm. will find people will find uh, some new stuff that I've written probably early 2021, late not late 2020. That's too soon. Probably early 2021. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, yeah. It'll. I think that will uh, surprise some people. But yeah, that's that's what we do. Absolutely, man. First things first, though. Just to take it all the way back, man, what made you get into writing initially? Uh, I used to read newspapers when I was really young, like actual okay. physical newspapers. My dad. Same would, thing here. Yeah, my dad would bring home like the Daily News, uh, sometimes the New York Post, but mostly the Daily News. And I would literally read it. I would go straight to the sports section, read some of the features, especially was fascinated by like box scores and how all the numbers worked. And I've really understood that at a young age. I remember one day when I was eight, I saw um, that and the Knicks at the time, they had Marcus Camby. And I remember looking through the box scores and I saw that Camby was on the Nuggets and the Knicks (laughs) had 
McDice. And I was like, wait, 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 what happened here? And then that was when I found out, oh, guys could get traded or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So, mm-hmm. like, this was sort of what it was, like, at a young age, just um, when I was, like, I mean, I've been playing video games forever, but when I was, like, yeah. really young, I oh, I used to create a lot of video game characters, and I would write these little short stories about them. Like, just a few pages, be like, this person was born here, from here, this is what he does, whatever, whatever, and then he, whatever. They probably all sucked, but it was something that I used to do. And now, even to this day, like, when I create a character in a video game, I feel like in order to, for me to be invested in that character, even if it's something like 2K, uh, it's gonna. I'm gonna need an interesting backstory in my head. Otherwise, yep. I'm not gonna be motivated to play this shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's just what it yep. is. So, I, I'm always thinking about that stuff. Like there's always, like if I'm playing as Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell, or if I'm playing playing as Agent Forty Seven Hitman, I get so immersed into the game if it's really good that I need to know the character's origin. I need to find out like is there a book somewhere or is there like notes online, a Wikipedia page or one of those fan Wikipedia sites or whatever. Like I've been always fascinated by just stories and characters that also like played out in real life, I guess. So that's something that always interests me. And that's, I guess, roundabout way of saying, like, yeah, that sort of uh, is where I got started in terms of my interest at a young age. Nah, I felt that, bro, because I'm still the same way to this day, too. Like, I got to think of something with, like, that 2K My Career or UFC Career Mode. Like, damn, like, what's the the struggle here? What's going to make me feel good as I progress throughout this game? And we both come from that same background in which is, like, you fall into writing – and, and reading really, really not even on some like on purpose stuff. It's just you pick it up and you get used to it. And the same way you talk about reading, you know, the post or the daily news was the same way for me as a Westchester kid picking up like the journal news, like our paper out here and just reading that. And even just sticking with that, man, it's obviously whether we're talking about through elementary, through middle school or even high school. Do you remember, like, your first serious writing projects? Did you ever write for the school newspaper? What were certain things that you started really putting your, your skills to the test with at an, early, at an early age? So I was one of those students that I, I would do my homework. I hated tests and stuff like that, but mm. I always liked essays. Like, whenever they would give us an option to do an essay or a test, I would always choose the essay because I would Same. usually get – <laughs> 85, yep. 90, 95, 100, 97, whatever. Yeah, I would always do really well at the essays, even in high school. Uh, I was good in English class for the most part, um, although I used to, like, piss my teacher off out of love because she was my favorite <laughs> teacher. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it's only right. It's only right. Yeah, yeah. No, she was dope, and I still we're still Facebook friends. Um, so, like, I just used to really be, like, driven by the essay, I guess, in that respect. Like, that was what I wanted to do at some point. I remember I was going to join the newspaper in high school, but it shut down. I was literally going to be uh, wow. the sports guy. I was literally going to be the sports guy where, because I was doing, at that point, I was a three-sport that three-sport athlete. I was doing cross-country, basketball, and track. Only did cross-country that one year to get in shape for basketball season. Basketball and track, I did all four years. And what I was going to do was have these sort of like personal experience type of things. Mm. And I guess interview my teammates or whatever. And then that 
you know, sort of fell through because the newspaper didn't really get off the ground that year for whatever reason. And then in college, I knew what I, I had known what I wanted to do for a minute in some capacity. Like if you go find a yearbook, you'll see that like, yeah, that I wanted to do this and writing and be on TV. Like I used to watch the sports reporters and be like, yo, that's something that I would like to do because they write and they also talk. SNY birthed in like 2006. I'm a 12 year old Met fan and I'm looking at that like, yo, they have a relationship with daily news. Like, yo, that seems like the pathway. Mm-hmm. And then you learn how much stuff changed by the time you get to college and it's very different. I guess we'll get to that later. But long story short, got into college after that first year I was like all right I'm just gonna start a blog kind of like what you did one day you was just like yo I'm gonna start a blog get on tumblr whatever I did it with sportsblog.com did that uh ended up actually making some money because the stuff that I had actually was getting like a lot of unique visitors or whatever the case may be because I was just going at it relentlessly that summer and then after a year after my sophomore year or during my sophomore year one of my professors from my mass communications class, Mark McSherry, shout out to him because we still mm-hmm. are connected. He was like, yo, I'm the moderator of the student newspaper. Your writing is good. You told me you have this blog. Why don't you cover, you know, Division One sports? We're a Division One school, St. Francis College in Brooklyn. You can cover yep. basketball, whatever the case may be uh, here starting your junior year because by that point, the season and everything was already over. Uh, and I did it. And that literally like that's that's what got me started was that conversation and we ended up getting to it right after that and it's very interesting man that you said that because like i always think about how once again when we're younger it's so easy to connect the dots between writing and what we want to write about and then when we talk about college age it always goes out the window unless you have like your professor who comes through and goes, hey, yo, I need you to do this and that. And it always intrigued me, man. And that's something I'm going to ask you about as well, is just why do you think there's suddenly, like, there's this separation in all of our pursuits as writers to write about this or cover that or just to advance our careers? Why does that happen when we get older during that stretch where it's like, all right, we're of age, we can really do something about this, but then all of a sudden our paths get difficult? Yeah, I think... I think that's kind of an industry thing. Like it's kind of systemic where there's no real foundation anymore to how you're supposed to do this. Like kind of like there was before, like when we were growing up, we sort of saw the path before us, before we even got there. We kind of understood on some level, or at least there was a design path on some level. And me and Dexter, my, my podcast goes, we talk about this all the time where, where he was coming up, you're talking about, the route of going from high school to college to pro sports in terms of coverage. You start, you cover the high school level, you start getting uh, college looks, general assignment reporter. Like there was a pathway, mm-hmm. even on the digital space, like there was a pathway to working your way up doing high school sports first. And then, but now it's just all over the place where you can get in on some level and it's like, oh, you can get in and start covering NBA games by, right away. Like I was covering the Nets when I was 22. The trade-off yes. is you're getting into those buildings. The trade-off is you're not getting paid nearly as well as you would have been back then because these companies have figured out a way to just make more with less. 
and mm-hmm. this, this is the goal for like, I mean, look, this is part of what America's fighting for right now, or at least a good part of America's fighting for right now is they want to try to get rid of that. Like, no, we don't want you to just do more with less. Like we all want a slice of this. Like we all want to mm-hmm. get in the building and we all deserve these opportunities based on our experiences compared to the people you're actually bringing into these buildings. And they recognize somewhere along the way, like an SB Nation, for example, that yeah, it doesn't matter that these kids are not getting salary. We can pay them 300 and whatever dollars a month for a stipend and they could come in and give us 30 articles in a month. You know what I mean? Or whatever the case may be. And they're not the only ones who do this, but that's my experience there later on. So like, we know that that's sort of the norm when it comes to these buildings. Like a lot of people that I've talked to, it's like, Oh, we only do stipends. Oh, we only do this. We only do that. So then you get more access than you used to, but you're also in a pool of a lot of people because you're not the only one that's getting that access. So I think Uh your question, like this is sort of built into the fabric of where the new media has gone and you know, that, that's sort of what it is right now at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And speaking of new media, man, it's as a writer as well, we also, we always face that, we always face this challenge of how do you continue to improve yourself? How do you find your voice? Yeah. How do you make sure you stand out in what is a very oversaturated and evolving field? And for you over the years, what would you say were some of your biggest things that you worked on over years to make sure that, hey, when folks read or see a, a Brian article, they go, oh, snap, like, I know this is Brian, or, or I got to read it because it's Brian. What were certain things that you really picked up on that said, hey, this is going to improve me. This is going to make my voice stronger. Just trying to be as natural as possible, because, like, in the beginning, I mean, and, you know, when you go back and look at some of your high school essays or college essays or whatever, you'll see, like, oh, you know, I this, this sucks because I'm being too wordy or I'm trying too hard or you kind of know when you picked up a thesaurus and you wanted to change up a word or whatever. Tell me and about it, bro. Like Even now, like there are some times where I'll see some people credit somebody's writing in whatever passage it is and then I'll read a page or a blurb or whatever it is and I'm like this is mad verbose like I just don't want to be this verbose and I, and you mm-hmm. learn that everyone just has their own preference like some people want to look like they're reading something that's old English that Shakespeare would write like no offense but yeah, yeah some people would want to read something that's very wordy and makes them feel more intellectual and they're learning new words along the way and that's cool and then other people they want to read something that's like got a kick to it like some sort of humor that they just want to make people laugh some people want a combination of the two so for me when it comes down to it is and you figure this a lot out along the way because with social media and we're experiencing this as i don't don't, we're the first generation experiencing social media in this way where it's different than the ones before so what it is it's also an avenue to where people lose themselves and they all of a sudden just they're, they're they're being people that they're not supposed to be and for me i just try to be myself as best as I could, which has gotten easier, the more independent I've gotten, because now when I end up getting to whatever place that's next, if it's going to be somewhere full time, if it's going to like whatever it is, I know who I am. So at the end of the day, I don't have to compromise it in a way that's going to make me feel uncomfortable if it doesn't feel right. So I just think knowing who you are, understanding it and putting that into practice is the most are the most important things that you can do, because then that'll take care of everything else. And, you know, you'll understand what you like and don't like at the end of the day when you're writing or doing whatever it is you're doing. 
you actually alley-ooped me uh, this next question as well, bro, which was, it was more about just, uh, hopefully it doesn't slip my mind. Got it, yes. It was about, again, right, when you're discovering your voice or rediscovering your voice, there are those moments where, as writers, you know, we all start off, well, most of us start off independent, right? And we may yeah. take pride of being independent, but ultimately you get that itch. You go, man, I want to write for a bigger platform. Like, I want my stuff seen by maybe extra thousands or maybe millions of people like we all go through it so with that said right who was that first editor for you that you remember working with and which you learned about okay now i have to understand what it means to write in a different style now i have to know what it means to really abide by and not in a bad way hopefully but if it is it is but you got to learn how to abide by another site's vision that's not yours. Like, because this is our audience. This is how they interpret it. And this is what flows with the other pieces that we got on our site. So if you got that, share it with us, brother. What was that experience? Which yeah. editor, which site, what it is? Yeah, I'm thinking it would probably be my SB Nation experience with Nets Daily, working with mm. Tom Lorenzo, Bob Windrum, and the editors there. I think it would probably be that. Uh, though, you know, things didn't end there the way I would have liked because I ended up leaving because I just didn't like the business side of what SB Nation yeah. as a whole, not Nets Daily in particular, but just the fabric of that entire, how they yeah. use the sports bloggers in that way. Like, mm -hmm. but in terms of, uh, just my writing there, I feel like I got better the entire time I was there because I was actually working with the editor in that way. When I was mm -hmm. doing local newspaper stuff, I wasn't really working with an editor in that way. I was basically my own editor uh, because me and the editor there weren't really like speaking. I would just kind of send him my stuff and then I'll see it go up. So that, you know, I got to learn two different processes. One where uh, one side and that's daily was almost micromanaging it, but and many times it was to make me better as a writer along the way because you don't realize how much or how little you knew until you get past that stage you're in. Like now at 26, I can look back and be like, yo, 22, 23, 24, I didn't really know all that much. And then a year or two from now, I'm going to look back when I was 26 and I was like, damn, I really, th I really thought I had this figured out. And it's a yeah. totally different game because things also in this business and in life change so quickly so much i feel like they change quicker now than they used to quite frankly 100 percent. i think 100%. social media social media has a big impact with that but yeah i would say because i experienced it in in, in multiple directions where editors were hands-off entirely and editors were very hands-on um if i had a preference i would probably naturally say like something in the middle would be ideal i like yeah. the whole the whole hands-off thing to a point because I want to be allowed to develop the idea to begin with, but I would also like to be working with people who, if they feel like they could enhance the idea and I would trust them to do so. You know what I mean? As long as they have good suggestions, like, Oh, Oh, a lot of this is at the end of the day, in terms of the people you're working with is earning trust. And if y'all mm -hmm. trust each other, then it's going to be smooth. It's going to be easy. And it really doesn't matter who gets what or who gets the credit or who gets more credit. You know, mm -hmm. if you guys trust each other and have a great working relationship. So. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny? It's I got a couple more questions for you. Yeah. But before we get to that, it's really because cause I've been in the same boat as you, man, especially in recent years, you know, at SB, doing things with USA Today. And from time to time when I maybe just shipped my stuff off elsewhere, a lot of the editors these days, and this is not a diss, but a lot of the editors these days aren't editors. 
they aren't professional editors. It's writers who work their way up, and then it's like, oh, yeah, you're now the editor. But it's like, but you're really not like an editor. It's like if we were doing music, and it's like, oh, you're the producer. It's like, bro, you're not a producer, producer. You're a rapper that worked, that wrapped their way up the ladder, and they put you in position as producer. But you're really not a producer. So I feel like that's why it is with a lot of these editors, because a lot of these editors are also still very active writers. Like they got the crazy deadlines and, and things to do. But uh, but before we wrap up, again, man, just like I have seen, you've seen different w- waves of writing being popular or looked down upon in the social media era where content creation, that word yeah. itself, always talked about. A lot of different people want to jump into this game. And writing now is that thing. Obviously, there's podcasting stuff. But how do you feel when you see people that you knew wasn't necessarily writing before or didn't care about it suddenly want to jump into the game? They want to open up a medium page. They want to try and do some things for some other sites. How do you feel that now they jumping into our world, something that we've been doing, and, and they want to give it a try? I really, and what this pandemic has taught me, what just life in general has taught me, and I guess my career so far to this point has taught me is I really just try to mind my own business. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and slash most people are just inherently corny. So at the end of the day, it's just like, it just kind of is what it is. I think that, you know, it'll stick because I, I haven't been doing this that long and I've already seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen podcasts that have started that only did 13 episodes and just uh-huh. finished out. I've seen uh, other podcasts start where they've done like, you know, four in a month and then they're MIA for three months and then they come back. You know what I mean? And then in terms of writing, I've seen people that say that they're going to start a blog literally in like October of 2018. They write one post, they come back in September of 2019 and they haven't done anything since. Like you just see that thing all the time. So when people get consistent and they're just consistent, then, then, you know, they'll have my attention because I, the main thing, and this is what I pride myself on is one, the versatility of my resume. I think if you stack me up against a lot of other people in my age group, like you'll, like the proof is in whatever you want to call you'll it. Be, right? you'll, you'll be a tough out. <laughs> like it, It's there, but it's there. And then on top of that, it's just the consistency because I don't like, I don't disappear for long, for a long period of time at all. I post something damn near every day. You know yeah, what you I don't mean? Don't disappear at all. Right. That's what I'm saying, and I don't. I also just don't think we inherently reward that enough. It's not really built into bro. the fabric of what we do. I think what people do is they just like who they like and they keep moving. Like there are certain people who can disappear for two and a half weeks, who can put out you know one podcast out and then not do anything for 22 days, and then put out another one, and then 17 days later put out another one. And yes, they're going to get that fanfare because people just inherently like who they are. But for me, I think that's only going to take you so far. I think what people should be focused on is just being consistent, being as good as you possibly can, and really just just being just just being knowledgeable in what you're talking about at the end of the day. Like that's another thing that I've been, you know, focused on. It's just not saying as much, 
Because I think a lot of people on Twitter are doing too much now, especially now they're trying to overcompensate for certain things. And for me, it's like I really don't need to tweet out certain hashtags because if you follow me and you know me, you already know what it is and you know where I stand on all of this stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people in my life, none of whom are going to question me in terms of where I am because they know what it is right now. And that's all that should matter instead of trying to appease all of these strangers with these over-the-top demands and stances that really, you know, it doesn't like it, it's not necessary to do that so i think i think authenticity is most important when it comes to this kind of stuff hey brian honestly you answered the last question i had in mind which i felt like you would give uh as a great advice to anybody that's serious about wanting to be a writer and, and work in it just there's different things man the consistency the being the genuine and much more so my yeah. guy i appreciate you man for coming on the show you know, again, this is something I'm going to be trying to do, man, just really connect with folks because even somebody like you, bro, again, we've been friends for years. Yeah. It's I've known you, but I think I've known you more through the lens of writer. Yeah. Like, we've known each other through that lens. So it's different when it's like I actually get to know more about your life story and see about instead of us maybe trading tidbits at a game, at a Laddow's game, where it might, oh, okay, this is what it was like growing up here or there or whatever. So, yeah. again, and my guy, I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, and on top of that, we don't, like, we don't have that same human-to-human interaction right now. So, like, these things kind of work. But, you know, I do hope and think that we'll get to that point, um, I guess, sometime in the near future. Uh, I'm ready to get a shirt that says I'm vaccinated. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm ready to be outside and shit. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, man, definitely. Thank you. Absolutely, bro.